Right now then to our special guest this week on Erskine Veterans Radio, Z Fletcher. Now, Z is a relatively new recruit to uh, Erskine, so you'll be forgiven if you've actually not met her yet. But she's the events and corporate fundraising manager for the next year or so. And she's got um, quite a long history of working with other military charities as well, helping them raise funds. And we'll find out more about that and more about what she's looking forward to getting involved in this year at the Erskine Veterans Charity. Um, But uh, first of all, a big warm welcome to Z Fletcher. Hi Ian, how are you all doing today? Yeah, we're good, thanks. You know, starting to feel a bit festive, panicking that we haven't done all of the Christmas shopping, but, uh, you know, otherwise all good. How about you? Yeah, I'm really happy. I was really lucky. I was in New York for a week last week. Oh, um, look at this, eh? (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. Start the new job and then go off to New York. What's that all about, eh? But um, very much in the festive spirit now. You must be working in the rock and roll end of the uh, of the organisation there, then. <laughs> yeah, it would have been my honeymoon, but I've not had a chance to get married really? yet because of COVID, so we just went anyway. Was it all festive? Did you see the big Christmas tree and, and all that that they have? Oh, absolutely. Rockefeller Centre, the big, yeah. huge Christmas tree was amazing. But just America in the whole that time of year. I've never been before, but uh, oh, I mean, decorations were just fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Well, um, glad you had a, a lovely trip. And now, now into the work at, at Erskine. Of course, people will be forgiven for maybe not having met you yet, um, because partly you've been in New York. Uh, but now you, you are uh, in the job. And uh, I'm sure that over the coming weeks and months, and certainly after Christmas, people will get to know you a little better. Tell us a little bit about your your backstory and and, uh, what brought you to Erskine. Fantastic, yes. So I first came across Erskine um, about five years ago whenever I first started my role as um, the UK fundraising manager for the RAF Benevolent Fund. And one of our ambassadors, Joanna Martin, was actually, she had a terrible accident which rendered her paralysed. And Erskine took her in for two years whilst we managed to get a, a house sorted out for her. So that's when I first started hearing about Erskine. But going forward, I've been working with uh, veterans and with the military for many, many years now so it's nice to finish my career I'm only going to do another 12 months when I retire next year at 55 so how wonderful to come to Erskine and try and use my experience over the last few years to help cover maternity cover for Jen and uh, hopefully spread a bit of uh, Z magic okay magic ones to the ready then folks um, you do have uh, as you mentioned there a history of working with some of the other military charities um, how did you find yourself in in the military world uh, working in in this particular sector if you like Yes, yeah, so um, my ex-husband, who was married to for over 20 years, was in the RAF. So from the age of, uh, believe it or not, 21, um, I started my RAF wife-type career. Mm. In those days, uh, the wife actually got uh, interviewed whenever your husband went for selection, see if you were of good standard to be part of the military. Uh, so going forward, I've literally been around the, the RAF especially uh, for over 20, oh no, 30 years. And then um, I was actually in a role with... Uh, um, uh, station commanders PA uh, during Afghanistan and Iraq for another seven years so always had the passion not just because of the uniform some people might say um, but actually just really enjoy being around uh, the military and just being able to sort of really support the incredible work that they actually do. 
And so you you, um, you you began your journey as a as a military wife, I suppose, as you mentioned, as a spouse, but then got more involved as as through obviously living on on bases and, and being part of it. I suppose you sort of get roped in in a way, do you? Yeah, quite incredible. At one stage, whenever I was in my roles PA, my station commander said, "Z, can you just do that thing that you do? Because I need my weapon transported to the airport that's now changed because I need that for going on the aircraft to go off to Iraq." And you're there going, oh my goodness, it's all got to be security, everything like that. But so many things that you had to do, some tragedy that you had to work with as well. But in the whole, incredible to be able to do such a support because the military just do so much and um, across all three services. And the the logistics, of course, are on a different level, aren't they? In in the military, you know, you, as you've even just touched on there. I mean, that was a, a package, I suppose, but a, a very a very different package to what you would ordinarily send in in the post. And of course, some uh, you know some of the the, the 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 amounts of people or equipment that you might have to to arrange to go to different places is uh, you know not something that uh, you would uh, standardly get on DPD, for example. You know, uh, it certainly is. And whenever I was lucky, I worked in Cyprus for three years my husband's out there and I managed the media ops operation during the Beirut crisis back in 2005-2006 I'll probably get picked up on that later on <laughs> but literally we had the media ops team from the UK parachute in came into our office and said right we need cars we need hotel accommodation we need this we need that we need that we've literally just come with our rucksack um so really that again was quite an incredible experience for the big evacuations out of Beirut Wow. Okay, that that certainly is different. And you've worked, as you mentioned, with the RAF, but also you were involved with the Benevolent Fund for for a number of years, six years. Um, tell us about uh, your special moments there with the the RAF Benevolent Fund, because of course they're a, a huge charity, a fantastic charity that do so much um, as well. And 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 your experience with with working with them. Uh, just simply wonderful. Uh, two incredible experiences. One was um, during um, my role when I was actually managing all Scotland, Northern Ireland, Northern England. Um, really got heavily connected with the RAF widows up at Kinloss. Um, and it was wonderful to work with them and actually pull them back into uh, the RAF world a little bit after sort of they'd lost their husbands with the Nimrod crash. Um, so wonderful relationship that we built up there and really managed to get them integrated into the RAF family again, which is great. But one of my best experiences, I think, probably was uh, our Dam Busters bike ride, which was um, celebrating 100 years of uh, Johnny Johnson, the last surviving Dam Buster. And uh, I actually took part in the bike ride myself. But um, it's the first time during COVID, uh, lots of nonsense going on, that we managed to actually get a bike ride on the road and uh, raise over 200,000, which was incredible and the impact obviously as we know getting grants out of which the benevolent fund does to uh, Erskine so nice to feel as part of it at even that stage. Yeah and I, I was in the air cadets when I was younger when I was you know about what 12 13 or something like that and many uh, many an afternoon through the course of the year usually when it was raining and windy standing on a on a street with a tin raising money for the RAF benevolent fund as well so I've certainly I've certainly shaken your tin at some point uh, in the, in the past um Obviously, events have been very different, and you, you worked with events and, and fundraising with with the Benevolent Fund, and that's what you're going to be doing at, at Erskine as as well. Um, how has the last 
couple of years or so been for uh, for someone who's involved in in trying to get major fundraising events on? Because of course the world changed quite dramatically on that front, didn't it? I think the the biggest word um, I would probably use is meltdown. Um, <laughs> so many, so many of my team, and I manage a team of seven at the fund. Um, we had such an incredible two years plans after many years of lots of extra planning that it was literally what can we do it's going to get cancelled it might not get cancelled um but on a positive which is the way i always am we actually really looked into virtual events spinning things around and using that time when we were thinking how on earth do we get the income coming in that we actually span things into more of a virtual way of doing things and also uh, winging it slightly whenever we thought okay, will this event maybe run? Can we get away with it um, with safety? And we'd managed to do that as well. But it's been a very difficult two years. But hopefully what we've learned from that is how to just be very resilient and positive. And uh, hopefully that's something that I'll bring into to our skin as well as we probably have to spin things around a little bit to make sure that we're following COVID regulations. But it's an exciting challenge. And and tell us about some of the events that you've been involved in, some of the big events in the past, you, you know, your big successes that you look back on um, so far in your career, at least. Oh, yeah, love to. Um, so we had a great success. Uh, Lord Bruce of Broomhall's Day is one of our great supporters of the Benevolent Fund, and I think with Erskine too. Um, and we actually linked in with some supercar guys, and they came and we did a, a wonderful outdoor event last year, which we thought was going to get cancelled, but managed to make it run, along with our big charity dinner and auction, which was incredible. Um, going back to Dan Busters, that was quite incredible as well, because we did that as a virtual event and ran our first Facebook community um, and we had over 650 people take part, um, 300 on the ground in the actual bike ride itself and then three to 400 people actually taking part all across the world, um, which was really quite incredible. The, the best thing off that is Johnny Johnson's in a care home and we managed to get a cycle pass for him with, um, with some of the Dan Busters team, which absolutely made his birthday last year. And it was wonderful to be part of that whole celebration, recognising that last Dan Buster. Yeah, a wonderful thing to, to support as well. And of course, you know, with veterans like that who've, who've given so much and, and and particularly when it comes to the dam busters who are obviously played a huge role in 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 the second world war but probably one of the most famous groups of men from that as well when you think back to the movies and 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 the the sort of tales that go um with them that, that still to be able to to honor him and and him feel part of the the whole um organization even after all these years must be fantastic for him it was really special and he sent us all a big special message on the day but I think what was nice he said it was one of the things that kept him going through COVID in isolation mm. that we were always updating him with what was going on what was happening and Chris Delaporta who was one of the, the cyclists as part of my group um, which is great and he had uh, 56 um, names which were all the commanders on different um, on the different airplanes that actually flew that day so we did a mile for every single person so um Although I must admit, I wish I trained over 12 miles because it was quite hard on the legs. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I got through it at the end. <laughs> How long have you actually been in the job? You, you are very, very new, aren't you? So 
I think I'm just coming on to week three. Okay, right, <laughs> so yeah. So I literally uh, yeah. came in, started, and uh, then had uh, some planned holiday for a week. So yeah. uh, probably working day about day 14, something like that. So just get my head into everything just now. Yeah, I think obviously it's not really going to kick in until after Christmas now, is it? We're on that sort of uh, slope down to, um, to, to to the little Christmas break, I suppose. But um, tell us something then about your new teammates uh, that, that, that sorry, I'll start again. Tell us something then about you that your new teammates and, and your colleagues at Erskine wouldn't know about you. What is this a good thing? It's sort of a, a little bit of the, uh, the, the 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 person behind the role. Okay, so <laughs> since it's Christmas, I thought I'd put this one in for a bit of a laugh because whenever I was working up at Lossiemouth, um, I got involved with the local theatre group up there just to try and make some new friends. Um, went along to the auditions, dragged along actually by one of my friends because she said, oh, let's be the two um, sort of... Um, women in there you know this that sort of activity um but actually got chosen to take the lead in bluebeard which i was quite surprised about because i didn't think i could actually hold a song um but managed to and had great fun being the panto lead um at raf lossy mouth a few years back so that's uh, something that the team probably didn't even think i'd be able to do wow okay so maybe in future then there could be a you know maybe it's next year uh, the 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 erskine panto and, and you could be involved well yeah you know that's that's what you got to do isn't it <laughs> fantastic okay a budding acting career then um what are you looking forward to most about getting get you know really getting started uh, with, with Erskine in your new role uh you know I just can't wait I've been so lucky uh, taking over from Jen who's been managing it for so long and Alison as well who's coming in to help but the fact that I've got such a great team behind me and um, I'm really hoping that some of the experiences especially with creating uh, those virtual events that especially um, marching for Erskine in March I'm really hoping I can use some of those uh, sort of experience from before just to try and really boost the income in some of these areas um, and just delighted to be like really keen positive and just going forward and trying maybe a few different concepts and ideas that I've used before and with Erskine I think the thing that I've noticed is that you have got this like family feeling amongst not just the residents our veterans um, and the staff members but when it comes to the fundraisers and also the family members everybody is is totally together when it comes to doing these fundraising events and and Erskine announced they're going to be doing a big fundraising event and people really leap to the cause and and get involved and even if you're not putting on a big event people are coming up with their own things or they're raising money by doing their own coffee mornings for example or or doing their own uh, sale of, of of something to raise funds for Erskine. It must be fantastic for you being a fundraising manager, knowing that there's this such love of people desperate to get out there and do their bit for Erskine. Erskine's like gold dust because it's the magic that they have in both the care homes and the care home in Glasgow. Uh, I just really can't wait to like be able to meet some of the actual virtues we got in there. But it is, it's that big family. And I think there's an even bigger family that we can actually reach out to. And hopefully I can help that a little bit as well, my new role. But I mean, isn't it just fantastic? you know and when you get inspired with other people i do hope we'll be able to do um, a little bit of a facebook community because that's a wonderful thing to do when people are taking part and it makes them feel start of a 
bigger family that if they're fundraising for one thing they may be fundraising with other groups so i think we've got so much potential just to spread that magic word give us a flavor of of the events then that uh, that are in the planning stages now because i think we have some fairly regular events through the through the course of the calendar with erskine but what what's what's on the cards to look forward to as we head into 2022 so Ian, it's time to get your dancing shoes on because we've got our Burns Not again. Night coming up in February. <laughs> Come on, you need to get a little bit of a Kaylee going with you there. Yeah, well, I've got I've got a history of Kayleys. Yeah. Oh. Fantastic. So we've got Burns first. But we've got some other really big events coming up as well. Obviously, we've got our big victory ball later on in October. But before that, we're really doing a big push this year for our March for Our Skin. So um, hopefully, like self, cadets, etc., we're trying to get them really involved. And also, you know, you're going to have to get your kilt on as well, Ian, because it's uh, the kilt walk coming up. So we're going to be running that across uh, across Scotland, which is going to be great. Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen um, and hopefully I'm going to be using some of my contacts from RAF Lossy Mouth and get them and their kilts up there and have them up in Aberdeen and we're going to hopefully have some cheering stations that we're actually going to be part of so we can really really put the word out about our skin and reach that bigger audience um, so yeah so we've got lots and you know yeah planning starting now busy into uh, Burns and uh, busy into getting March for Earth sorted out and then of course we've got the Ideal Home Exhibition um, in May and we've also got the big motorcycle meet so um, I think it's going to be a bit of a busy girl over these next few months. I think they will keep you very busy. There's always something going on. And, and then the, there's so many other, as I say, so, so, so smaller events. And then you've got events taking place in America as well with the American Friends of Erskine who get involved and do their thing too. So I think you're going to have, um, you're going to need eyes in the back of your head. It's going to be a busy time. Yeah, Friends of Erskine <laughs> over in America. I'm looking forward to uh, really getting some good one-to-ones with them all in there and working with them too. It's going to be very exciting. Well, we're hoping that we can get back in person to doing more of these events, aren't we? That's what we're all hoping for. We managed it with the uh, with the Victory Ball this year, but so many of the other events had to be held virtually. But there were still big successes and people were getting out there and, and doing their miles and on their walks or uh, or whatever it is that they were doing to raise money for, uh, for Erskine. Um, as for 2022, though, personally, what are you most looking forward to about the year ahead? So I'm personally looking forward to a, making all these uh, events a, a great success for our skin and just being part of this whole um, family here because that's what it's like. It's a wonderful family and I'm really happy to be involved in it. But also, um, I'm actually really looking forward to getting married in September. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> Eventually, that's going to be the big one there. So, um, yeah, so lots of events and then putting my wee wedding in between there as well which will be wonderful but as as an events planner yourself then organizing a wedding should be fairly straightforward right yeah it's nice so i'll hopefully get married in australia because that's where my my daughter-in-law to be is and then uh, a big party in glasgow so um yeah i was quite happy that my uh, my fiance has only got a small family because i said well do you know what i'm gonna be filling the rest of those spots so don't worry about that uh, (laughs) yeah it's gonna be good fun well you're certainly been putting the miles in that's for sure this next year so um all the all the best of luck with that and i'm sure we'll speak again before before then because we'll be talking about your many events i'm sure uh over the coming months that'd be really great it'd be lovely to be able to spread the word and also just give everybody an update about how well these events have actually gone and i'm I'm sure some of the funny stories that we're going to have as well to share with everybody. 
Absolutely, and uh, look forward to, to hearing those as well. To round us off then from our conversation this week, uh, one final job for you, Z, and that is to, to pick us a song to play us out. What shall we have? Well, since it's Christmas, it's my absolute favourite, and I think it's just what we all think about whenever it's Christmas time. So it's got to be White Christmas with Bing Crosby, please, Ian. Oh, it doesn't get any more heartwarming than that. A fantastic uh, song to play us out. And um, all the best for a, for a great Christmas, Z, and uh, all the best for 2022. And to all of you as well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, Merry Christmas, everybody.